All right. Um, Today, we're, we're doing something a little different. It should be really fun. I've been preaching a few weeks on intimacy with God, growing in connection and relationship with Him. And so, uh, more than anything, we're longing for you guys to, to know how to engage with the living God. And so, this is, this is something that is so vital to our lives, to actually not just be talking about Him, not just be singing about Him, but to know Him. And so today, we are actually having a panel discussion or a live podcast. I thought that sounded really fancy. We have a, we have a live podcast this morning. And um, so we have four individuals that are going to be discussing ways to grow in connection with God. Sound good? So I'm going to welcome them one at a time. Let's give a big evergreen welcome to Michelle Cole. We got my mom, Kathy Martinson. We got Joshua Willis. I feel like a wedding DJ right now. And please take a seat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, and hi, my name is Tommy. I, uh, I'm glad to be here. Lord, let these IKEA chairs not break in half. Amen. We find them. That's right. That's right. There's there's a little movement on this one in particular. It's okay. All right. So let's let's kick it off. Uh, some of these people may not know you, and so maybe one at a time. You want to just share who you are, a quick little snippet of what you do in life, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. So let's start with you, Michelle. Okay. Well, I'm Michelle Cole, and um, I'm a member of Evergreen. I've been here for four years, and I'm so thankful that the Lord led me to Evergreen. I had been searching for a church for about five years, and then in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I found Evergreen. And I love the Lord. Uh, he's shaped me and remolded me and remolded me and shaped me and put me on that potter's wheel many times and um and is still doing it so i'm thankful that he loves me enough to see me change and progress amen that's right and uh i, I love the intros then i get to brag on everyone a little bit so michelle is just such a, like the the essence of like a hug from god like as you know her she is, she is a a pastor through and through she disciples so many individuals into a place of health and beauty in the life of Jesus. She pours out her life freely. She is truly a servant leader. Um, Michelle also um, has, is such a prayer warrior, such a prayer warrior. And especially in Los Angeles, when you guys wake up at 10, she's waking up hours before the sun to be with the Lord. And she has a prayer partner with, how many years have you guys been praying? 25 years you've been praying together. What time in the morning? Uh, now it's 5. 5am. 5am, guys. This is meant to convict you. No. Here's the deal. This is not meant to give a one-size-fit-all kind of ways to connect with God. Otherwise, we'd be like, scribble it down, 5am, everyone. So, all right. Uh, next, we got my, my own mother, Kathy Martinson. Mama. Hi, everybody. Um... I'm Kathy Martinson. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm married to that handsome man right there. Sveta? <laughs> yeah. We will have been married 42 years this Tuesday. Yeah. The Viking is conquered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we moved here seven years ago, about a year after Tommy did. Uh, and our other son, Christian, and his wife and five children are also in the area. They moved from Chicago also about 10 months before we did. And so we're all here for the first time. We're all together since, since high school, you know, because the kids went away to college. So it's uh, been amazing. We also have a church. It's just a house church uh, called Unveiled. So it keeps me really, really busy, and it keeps me on my knees uh, because I'm also always on that potter's wheel. I am always hungry to keep growing myself. And so I just teach out of what, I'm, what God's working on me in, you know, and what, what he's just exciting me about. That's right. My time to brag. All right, so um, I've actually been bragging to my mom a couple weeks in a row because we're talking about intimacy with God and connection with God, and where do you think I learned this from, you know? Um, Leading by example. And um, also, just a quick plug, if anyone wants to go on Friday nights to their house church, it's in Pasadena, and you can talk with my mom about that. Um, But she and my dad just model what it looks like to know God Every time there's a new problem, because how many of you know that life comes with some problems? Raise your hand if you've got a problem right now. Yep. And, um, but every time I watch them go to their knees, you know, the emotions come in, mixture of emotions, and every time they go to their knees and connect with Jesus. So I learned at a young age what that looks like to do that and to go to Jesus in your weakness and watch him truly be your strength and be that faithful source. Um, also, my mom, since I was basically born, counseled people in our house for free for about 30 plus years. And um, don't go knocking on her door because uh, she's not doing that anymore, all right? No, but she just gives and gives and gives and um, is just such a source of love to everyone that knows her. So, thanks, Mom. And Joshua Willis. Hi, uh, I am the husband of Kimberly Willis. <laughs> She's over there. Uh, that's my main thing I do. Uh, I also try to love Jesus and try to make movies and uh, just do my best to be a good man. Aww. It's right. That's right. He's a good man. He's a good man. Uh, Joshua is my best friend. So the hallelujah Jesus for that. And um, I, I met Joshua in... When I was living in Chicago, in between school years, you know, you're a ministry school student, you have no cash. And he and his, what, seven roommates? Okay, five. It felt like seven. And uh, they let me stay in a closet over over summer. Like like Harry Potter size. Yeah. So, you know, you guys, you guys, we all have to go through these experiences. It's good. Some of you are living in a closet right now. It's all right. It's all right. There is room for you. All right. Um, also, Joshua is one of the most brilliant individuals I know. And uh, one of the reasons I asked him to, to be up here is because he's a man of strong faith, mm-hmm. strong faith and prayer. And every time something arises, he is going to the Lord in prayer. It challenges me time and time again. 
I've had moments where I've not had faith for things, and he has maintained the faith, Amen. including his wife. Yeah, that was not looking good. <laughs> I actually told him, I said, I love you so much. I don't have faith for this. I think we need to stop talking because I don't want to quench your faith. And I said, no, it's no problem. God already told me not to talk to you. <laughs> so we didn't talk about it, and then soon enough, they were together, and I, I said, hallelujah. Won't he do it? Um, also, Joshua loves philosophy. He loves science. He, he is just wired differently than all of us, and we love it. And so, that's right. And so, I just wanted a, a wonderful panel up here of different voices. And so, here we are. We're going to jump right in. Ready? I want to start off with what does connection with God mean and look like to you? How would you define that and explain connection with God? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I, to me, uh, what is that connection? You know, it, it means to be united in, and I just think, you know, we think about feelings, we think about, um, you know, are, am, am I feeling the Holy Spirit? Am I, um, you know, is, are my circumstances chock a block full of favor, you know, and uh, to me, th those are things that, yeah, we can feel connection through, but what, that's actually not, to me, where, what the connection is. The connection is the covenant. Mm -hmm. The connection is, am I submitted to him? Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't always feel maybe connected emotionally to my wife, mm -hmm. but I'm entered into a covenant, yeah. and so that's I, good, that's where I start, that's good. and I'm, am I obeying him whether I feel like it? Mm -hmm. Am I talking to him even if I don't feel or think he's listening or cares what I'm talking about. Yeah. I do it because of the promise. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, that, it reminds me sometimes before I give a message Friday night, um, I, I always pray and I ask the Lord to just flow through me and remind me of what I've studied and give me fresh revelation, that kind of thing. And I may not feel anything, but but I'm aware that it is flowing, and I'm aware afterwards, wow, no matter what I feel like, you always answer. Yes. You know, you're yes. so good. And so, so much of the connection is by faith, which yes. is what you're talking about. Faith in knowing his goodness and his covenant, that he's a covenant-keeping God, and that he cares more about that connection than we do. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, I agree with both what uh, Josh and Kathy said, is that it's about the covenant. It's about being, and, and it, that's what makes the relationship. That's what makes communion with God is, is the covenant. And, and um, it's not, you know, I, I have a standing appointment with God. I think, uh, you know, he's always there. He's asked me on occasion, why did I move? Because I'm here right there waiting for you and with you. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know why I moved. Forgive me. You know, let me get back close under your wings, Lord. But it is. It's about his promises. It's about a promise that he keeps. And he, the word says, he is not man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. So you can count on the covenant not being broken. That's right. Can I say, too, that there is an intentionality? Yes on our part. Yes. He's done his part. <laughs> He's done everything and is finished. So w there's an intentionality on our part to enter into that yes. and to partake of him. 
And it's like we said, it's not based on feelings, mm -hmm. but just by faith entering in. Recently, I've had a picture of like this huge reservoir that is endless because there's a spring. It's just endless and infinite. And we literally, you have to know it's there first of all. And then you learn how to tap into that endless supply. And you just take in from him that supply that is, because that reservoir is within us. Mm -hmm. If we are Christians, if we're believers, we have that endless reservoir of supply that is God himself yeah. within Amen. us. Amen. So we intentionally tap into it and draw out of it anything, everything we need. I think also about the intentionality is that what happens is like, if you're in, any, in ministry in any capacity, um, you know, the connection is really important. But the other thing is, is that to minister out of the overflow, you're not full until you're flowing over. If you took a bottle of water and you poured, had a, a water bottle and you started pouring, there's space in there. It's supposed to be full, but there's still room at the top. Bill Johnson did this illustration one time and it really spoke to me. And he had a water bottle on the podium and he just started pouring water. And that's where we minister out of, is out of the overflow. So that comes from the connection. That comes from being intentional, even when 5 a.m., 10 a.m. may be early, but setting that appointment, setting that time and intentionally seeking God, going after the things of God and, and, then, and then on purpose, you know, finding God on purpose. I love this. And I think sometimes, especially in these kind of settings, we actually love to feel God's presence, don't we? There's something so beautiful when we can feel the presence of God mm -hmm. and, and our emotions kind of align with the truth of who he is. But we go through days and seasons where the emotions, emotions are not aligning or they're not yet aligning and you, you don't feel the tingle or you don't feel the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But that abiding, remaining presence of God is our lifeline. Amen. It is our lifeline. And so we have all sorts of ways to... We are connected with God in perfect union, so we just need to tap into the reality of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing can separate you. You are, I, I shared this before, you're pickled in. Yeah. You can't become unpickled. Yeah. And so in that place of union with him, it's just that recognition of the union that we have, that oneness yeah. with Jesus himself. Yeah. And so that connection can come through a, a, a deeper and deeper sense of faith arising within you. It's literally the faith of the spirit, the faith of Jesus ignited in our lives. And so there's that knowing that you know, that you know, yeah. that you know, that is by the spirit of God. It's, it's hard to put into words, but it's that connection that there's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, how do you typically experience God's presence? How do you guys typically experience God's presence? And what is that like? Let's start with you, Mom. Yeah, so I was, um, typically, I have, there's so many ways yeah. That, yeah. I, that I experience his presence. Just like during worship, I was entering in and it was like I went, like Ezekiel, I went into my ankles and then to my knees and then to my waist and then, you know, and then I was swimming in him. And it was just this, this incredible freedom and peace and, and I tell you, when I'm, when I'm really aware of his presence, like those times when we really feel it, there, it's like, I don't, 
I don't want to ask anything of you. Mm. I just want you. I just want to be here in your presence. There is, just like what we sang, there is nothing like that. So it is just this love that is indescribable. Mm. But loving him back is is part of it because it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. So we can go toward him with that love because he wants that love so that... Sometimes I, I start out by doing that, just purposing to love on him. Mm -hmm. And then I feel that reciprocal connection. That's right. yeah. I, um, again, there's many different ways. Um, this morning, I, I love when God, for me, I love when he kind of like surprise texts me with his presence. <laughs> um, where, you know, because I talk to God all the time, all, all throughout the day, at work driving, sitting at my desk, whatever. I, I have little one minute, two second conversations. Just, it's just, thank you, God. Oh, bless you, Lord. Oh, you're so good. Just, I thank you, Lord. I, I got this letter sent, whatever it is. But he likes to sneak attack me. So I'll be, uh, I'll be driving down the road sometimes and he'll be like, hey, guess what? I want to have some time with you. Or walking my dog. And I know my neighbors have many times said, what is wrong with that woman? Because I'll be... <laughs> You know, praising the Lord, speaking in tongues, and I'm like, hallelujah, you know. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes, I'm great, you know. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I think that's, and probably my favorite place, if this isn't TMI, is in the shower. Is uh, the Lord, I, he just, you know, I'll be in the shower, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, I got you. And I think that's because I'm the most vulnerable at that point in time. But for me, it's always like a surprise attack. And I love how he does that because uh, I'm always talking to him, always praising him, always seeking him. You know, I try to always be in that position. So when he says, gotcha, I love it. Yeah. So how do I feel connected to God? That's the question. How do you experience God's presence? Usually it's... Uh, just, I'm engulfed in light and I start to levitate and you hear angels. <laughs> my, yeah, absolutely. Terrifies my wife. Good answer. Oh, no, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, I feel uh, another way. Can we do it right uh, now? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I love uh, watching movies. I love reading. And I just really... It, when I see something beautiful or I'm reading the Bible or I'm, you know, reading something that I think is interesting or challenging, you know, uh, I like, you know, I remember as a kid, I really wanted to pray without ceasing because I was really, I wanted, I loved Jesus so much. I was like, I really was like, how do you do that? You know, I'm going to get, you know, I can't pray without ceasing. I've got things I've, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. It's going to be, I'm going to look insane. Um, uh, and then as I was thinking about that, God brought to my mind, you know, I always hear your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, good. So if you pray without ceasing, just by always being aware, and that includes even like the terrible thoughts, the wicked thoughts, he's in, the, he hears that. You might as well be honest about it. And so I think I, that's why I love, watching movies for example because I get to watch them with him you know and I get to hear how the Holy Spirit feels what the Holy Spirit thinks you know I, mm -hmm. so I yeah yeah absolutely can, can I add can I add no. a fun one <laughs> so I love God's humor does anybody I mean I love it when he cracks a joke yes. do you know he'll crack jokes yes 
I mean, he's got a sappy sense of humor sometimes, <laughs> but he's brilliant. It's because he knows I do, because he relates. He's relating to me, but <laughs> but he's so funny, or he'll just say something hilarious, and I will just know. So God is fun, and he's so likable and so lovable. So I just want to. That's a good ad. That's good. Um, I. Years ago, I was studying the love languages, and, and the Lord was like, you know, a sixth love language is worship. And, I mean, you don't have to quote me on that. I don't know. It's just, it was just a thing. But I love, you guys know I love worship. Uh, we love worship in this house. And, um, you know, first and foremost, worship is not just that we prefer a song. It's we get to minister to the Lord as priests before him. But he's so gracious that in that place of ministering to him, the connection is, is so there. And so that's one of my place, favorite places to experience God's presence. And uh, it, it, it can come in all sorts of different ways. You know, sometimes uh, the, the power of it can come with tears. It can come with laughter. It can come with stillness. It can come with silence. Um, there's all sorts of ways that his presence manifest can show up. Sometimes it can come with a inspired thought. Um, even in, I'd encourage you guys in worship, if there's like an area of your life that you need a solution, just, just wait in that yes. place because the spirit of revelation and wisdom comes yes. in the room and you're going to get ideas for things that you did not have previously because the spirit drops in. Yeah. And so there's all sorts of ways that we can experience God's presence in worship. Outside of worship, there's a myriad of ways to experience his presence. I was on a hike yesterday, Kenneth Hahn Park, first time there experience the presence of God. It was just so nice. You know, it's like you can feel the pleasure of God in creation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's natural revelation that, that sings out, speaks out um, who God is and what he's like. Yep. Um, and, and then I also, was, a, a story came to mind real quick. Uh, when, I was in that, when I was living in that closet in Chicago with, with Joshua and some other guys. I was uh, not in the closet. He was not. He was not. And uh, there, there was a guy, Nabuki, from Japan, an art student. And um, he had just, we had just led him to Jesus, which is great. Um, more of Japan for Jesus. Let's go. And so Nabuki, he's actually in ministry now in Japan. It's awesome. But um, he was a wild art student, and he was upstairs making some food. And I was down... Um, reading some theology downstairs and I was getting lit up reading theology on healing and the, the, the power of God released and, and I was just stirred up. I don't think there was music playing or anything. I was just reading theology. I got so charged, I threw down my book, ran up the stairs and I go, who needs a miracle? <laughs> and Mabuki is like, my knee, my knee. And so I went over, touched his knee. He fell to the ground and his knee was 100% healed. So we don't, we don't have to just wait for the, the worship moment to be just right to, to see a miracle breakout. It's like God's presence is multifaceted. We, try to, we love to put things in a box, don't we? But God will show up how he wants to show up. Another, another way I really, I encourage you guys to do this because you're commanded to. Uh, <laughs> Forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. When I forgive someone or when something, because you know you'll be, you know, washing the dishes and suddenly that moment of shame when you were in third grade, you know what you did, Billy. 
and <laughs> you just remember that, and you're like, why am I thinking of that right now? Well, because the devil, and then you think, I'm not going, I'm not going to take on this shame, and I'm going to forgive Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, so and good. then in that, you start, because really the thing is to think about how you are capable of every possible evil you have ever seen. Yeah. That's, that's part of the message of the gospel. If you're in the so right hard. circumstances, you will do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Every wrong. And so when you really get that and you start to meditate on how he died for all of the sins mm-hmm. of the world, the tears that come mm-hmm. for me, it is, is yeah, I, cannot, I, I love Jesus. And I mm-hmm. promise you that when you forgive mm-hmm. and recognize that you need to be forgiven as much as you are forgiven, it is the Lord, because love, his love language is obedience, guys. And he will respond to that yeah. love. Come on, this is great. That's good, Josh. Yeah. Very good. I think that transitions us well into what has helped you hear God's voice clearer in your life? What has helped you hear his voice clearer? Well, for me, um, I'll start this time. Um, it's definitely the word. Uh, I think that's the, the foundation for me is, is reading the word. Um, Every time I read the word, it comes alive to me. Um, even when I've read something over and over again, it'll just speak to me differently. I'll see something, the Lord will speak to me. And then, um, being, and then that word that speaks to me, seeing it applied in my life or having it confirmed with something that someone else has said or be praying on a scripture and then talk to someone and the Lord uses what he's talked to me through that scripture. He'll speak to me through a person that I have a conversation with or on a Sunday morning and the word being preached or in prayer, pre-service prayer. So that's for me is probably the first place that I um, started to hear God. And then I would say through prayer, um, writing, journaling, um, being still, just being still. Sometimes I just turn off the music and I just sit there and I'll listen and, um, and boy, can he speak loud in those quiet moments. Also, as I, um, all those ways, of course, mm-hmm. um, but as I got more healed and faced, you know, some lies and some wounds in my life, mm-hmm. um, which has to do a lot with forgiveness, but also an exchange, you know, where you mm-hmm. give to Jesus mm-hmm. those lies you've believed, yes. those mindsets you've had, and you renew your mind, mm-hmm. you know, with truth. That, obviously, you're going to hear him more clearly. And when I, uh, I did a study in Charlotte, North Carolina at Grace Life International, and I learned the difference between religion and law versus grace. Mm. And not that slimy grace that gives you permission to do whatever you want, mm. <laughs> but the grace that sets you free and the grace that gives you the ability to obey. Yes. You know, that's, yes. that's what the grace yes. is, is there so for. Good. And so as I learned the difference, and I learned the difference between the letter in the word, which kills, mm-hmm. and the spirit of life in the word which gives life and joy and all the things that are in the spirit um, I had to learn how to how to discern those I had a pastor that told me Kathy the word can either be a hammer you know if your heart is hard if you've got pride and rebellion the word can be a hammer to break up that hard heart and it says that in the word but it's also medicine 
If your heart is soft toward the Lord and you're really seeking him, then the word is medicine. And he said, you've been experiencing it as a hammer, but you're already soft toward him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's, the enemy's been using it. Did you know the enemy can use the word? You oh, know yeah. that because yeah. of the temptation of Christ, yeah. right? Um, so we've got to learn to experience the word according to who God is. Yes. So the more we know God, the clearer we're going to hear him through his word in our hearts and, and in the nature and everywhere. Amen. That's good. Yeah, uh, absolutely the Bible. I, I, and out of that, not only going to what does the text actually say, doing word studies, but also turning to theologians and turning to your brothers and sisters in Christ Mm -hmm. and trying to see the book, the Bible as a whole, not picked apart. Mm -hmm. And and also just through that, I'm just reiterating everything you guys said. It's just, it's through that prayer of what I'm reading, hearing God speak maybe an idea and then turning to test that, mm-hmm. is this, does this align, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed to have really, really theologically intelligent friends mm-hmm. so that I ha- kind of have a hotline to some experts. That's mm-hmm. a blessing that I have. But I, I just want to say my grandma had a third grade education out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that was it. And every day I would come over after school and grandpa would be in his chair, grandma would be in her, her, hers, and she would have the King James Bible open, and she read it. And I became uh, an atheist for a brief period of time when I was 17, for just a year. God didn't let me go any longer. And uh, I discovered C.S. Lewis through that. Uh, I, I loved him from the Chronicles of Narnia, but I didn't know he'd written these apologetic works. And I, in reading C.S. Lewis, having years of talking with my grandma, I was astonished that she understood what he understood. Mm, that's so good. That, so the Lord will provide and the Lord will show up. And that's just it. It's just the revelation that comes through all these things. Is, it, that's it. it just, and, do you, and that is the last thing I'll say this. Do, am I in submission? Mm-hmm. Because when circumstances are not going the way I want, am I okay if... Do I, I, I always want to go to a place like, I'm okay if everything falls apart. You are still good, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if my dog, like my dog was, almost died. Mm-hmm. And I got to a place where I'm like, I don't want this to happen, but I will bless your name if she passes. Yeah. And I was able to hear so clearly because of that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's incredible. That's good. Um, in, in my journey, I, I think I mentioned last week or the week before that uh, worship is like the great x-ray. And as you linger in a place of worship, you know, you don't just trudge through a couple songs and then we move on with a service. It's like we let God be an x-ray yes. in our lives. Yes. And so for yes. a couple years, I remember the Lord would weed out some belief systems and things that I had on the altar. Um, I had idols on the altar in my own way. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be in worship like, oh, I want to connect with you, God. And he would just show me this, this idol on the altar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you want to you deal with that? Mm-hmm. You want to deal with that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'll release, I'll release. And, and so one by one, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's like you do good and then it's back on the, oh, oh, it's back up there again. Yeah. And he, he will work with you. He's so gracious mm-hmm. to, to, all right, let's get that off the altar and let's place That's you good. on the altar, yeah. you know? And, um, 
that posture then allows you to hear God's voice that much clearer. Mm -hmm. It's like the blood of Jesus is activated in your life. It's like a cleansing. It's a washing. And so you can hear from a pure place, not cluttered by all the idols that you've collected mm. in, your, in your own life. So and um, I want to also say that you can hear his voice because you're his sheep. Yeah. His they sheep know his, know his voice. And so yeah. for me also, there was, I, I work with people all the time that are, is this, is this me hearing his voice or is this mm. God speaking? Is this me or God? And something that was so helpful for me and when you're trying to weed through if it's, if it's God speaking or you speaking, is are you his sheep? Yes? Then you yeah. hear his voice. You hear his voice, yes. You hear his voice in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> but one thing that I started practicing was I would, I would pause and I would ask, Holy Spirit, speak to this thing now. Mm -hmm. And then I would begin to just trust that the next thing that I saw or heard was actually him speaking. Yes. I just started trusting it. And then over time, you start to realize like, wow, he really, he really is speaking through that. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you learn, you know, we are seeing through a glass dimly. Uh, we will then see face to face in, in its fullness. But as we are learning to hear his voice and learning to, to, to walk in these ways of obedience, he, he will um, show us a confidence in hearing as we tune in, mm -hmm. as we lean in, and as we begin to trust that we indeed are hearing, mm -hmm. try it out, own it if you were off. I believe the Lord is saying, you don't have to go into circumstances, thus saith the Lord, God said this <laughs> to you. The Lord said, you're supposed to be my wife. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, in our culture, in our culture, we don't do that. We don't yeah, do that. Yeah. But what we do do is like, hey, I believe the Lord is saying, because then it allows space for the other person to hear from the Lord as well. Yeah. So, so I think that has been very stretching and good in my own life as well. Can I add something to that? I will say, though, uh, that everything, I agree with everything you said, but also we should test the spirits. Mm -hmm. And the, so when you hear something from the Lord, ask, engage in a conversation mm -hmm. with that. Say, okay, God, uh, where is that in the Word? You go and look. Or, Lord, for example, I was praying, uh, doing a prayer walk in Chicago, my beloved city, and uh, I heard, I was praying something, and I heard a word that I had, I was praying too much for this certain situation. Mm -hmm. And I'd lost focus. Mm -hmm. And I, I was devastated. And I, so I just walked in that. And then I said, but Lord, how can I pray too much for something? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you can't, that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? He says, uh, you just felt like you had blown it, like mm -hmm. you'd wasted time. Mm -hmm. I will never speak that way. Mm -hmm. When I talk to you, I will encourage you that mm -hmm. you can change and do better. That's the difference between condemnation yeah. and conviction. Yeah. So that's, so that's just a so test. The Great point. That's such a good point. Because um, first and foremost, if it's not aligning to scripture, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it has to exactly be in scripture, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. called extra biblical when it aligns to scripture, but it's extra biblical. Um, some people are like, show me that exactly in scripture. Yeah. Th that can't be biblical. Um, but it cannot contradict scripture. Mm -hmm. it cannot come, go against scripture. Some people come to me 
um, the Lord showed me that this thing's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to do this. And I go, uh, let's, let's, I don't do it sarcastically, but for the moment in time, I'm going to be sarcastic. <laughs> yes, let's, let's open up the word of God and see what that has to say about that thing. Because you have to weigh, and what has final authority is the word of God, mm-hmm. rather than, than what you're, quote, hearing. And discernment is such a key yeah. in this walk as well. Yeah. Next question. I, I, well, actually, I was going to add something. I, don't know. <laughs> I always have something I can add. Um, yeah, the accuser of the brethren. It's yeah. so important to have discernment and, some, and grow in wisdom so that we can discern what we're hearing. Not only the accuser, who is accusing us before the throne day and night, 24-7, mm-hmm. but um, to remember we also have a high priest who's interceding mm-hmm. for us uh, 24-7. But um, <clears throat> also to understand our own voice, like you mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. Uh, and the world. Mm-hmm. Because the world, with its busyness and its own... Uh, mindsets are going to you're going to be swimming upstream all the time mm-hmm. in the world because it's it's rarely going to match because it's a whole different kingdom mm-hmm. and so we've got to know what kingdom we come from That's and right. and get to know that kingdom mm-hmm. and what are the earmarks of that kingdom and what are the earmarks of this kingdom and the kingdom in darkness mm-hmm. so yeah that's great uh, what are some common problems that you've had when trying to connect with God? And what are some um, beliefs or tactics that have helped you um, get, get yourself into a good place again? Oh, I get to go. <laughs> Gee. Um, read the question again. <laughs> what are some common problems you've had when you're trying to connect with God? And what are, or blockages, and what are um, some beliefs that have helped you get out of that or some tactics that have helped you get out of that? I would say busyness, first of all, just being too busy, doing my own thing, Um, you know, even doing what I think is for Christ sometimes can get in the way, you know, just too busy and not stopping. Um, That can be the, those, that can be a blockage. Um, Um... just time too, you know, that's busyness too, just making the time to make, keeping those appointments I set with God, um, making, being intentional with it. Uh, those are the things that can help unstop the blockages, being in community, seeking out people, you know, um, seeking out others, you know, find some time to pray with other people, read the word with other people, um, not doing it by myself, even though, you know, the word says that he's always with us and he never forsakes us, but also there's just something to be said for community. There's something to be said that, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Um, I need you to pray for me. You know, I need some help here because I'm not, I don't think I'm hearing God or I'm not finding the time to study with God. I don't feel close to God. Um, soaking is also good. Um, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways that you can do it, but I think part of it is just stopping and recognizing, hey, I'm, something's here is amiss, and I'm not hearing from God or talking to God, spending time with God, and I'm feeling distant from God, and it's recognizing that and, saying, and submitting and just say, I need you, Lord. I need to hear from you. I need to feel your presence. I'm lost right now, and uh, I don't know what to do without you. So here, help me, you know. Um, yeah, I would say uh, sin is a big thing. Yeah. And temptation to sin. Mm-hmm. And when I, for the longest time, it took me so long 
so this may be obvious to everybody, but I, for years, was going, I can't believe I'm tempted again with the same thing. Mm. Oh my gosh, I am so... And it would, just, I just feel devastated. And it took forever for me to finally get, no, you will always have temptation this side of heaven. That's actually your opportunity to die to yourself. That's yes. what he means by yes, that. That's so good, so that changed, that tactic really changed good. my relationship with temptation. Rather than thinking, oh, the fact that I want to do that or I'm having that thought is a failure, it actually is, because this is the other tactic, the word says to take every thought captive, captive and yes. bring it into submission to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So once that temptation comes, that's a thought in your head. The enemy has enter entered your territory, mm -hmm. and you hogtie that sucker, mm -hmm. and you bring it before yeah. Jesus, yeah. and you yeah. let Jesus deal with it. Can I add that one little thing to that is um, with the, the resisting part of the enemy? We want to always say, resist the devil, and he would flee. But there's a little portion that goes before that, and it goes to the temptation, submit and resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah. So when we're dealing with the blockage of sin or yeah. habitual sin or finding ourself in that same place again, yeah. Josh is so right. Yes, hogtie it. Take yeah. every thought yeah. Take every thought captive. That's the and hashtag for today, hogtie it. Hogtie hog it. Hog <laughs> but be encouraged. That yes. means every time you're tempted, you are in the position to win. Yes, yes that's yeah. so good, Josh. Yeah, the temptation Amen. itself Amen. is not sin. That's right. That's right. We have to know that's that. That's right. Temptation that was is a not, big thing right. for me too to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The temptation is not sin, no. you guys. It's how we respond to it. That's right. That's so right. that's really a big one. Right. See, mm -hmm. the accuser's busy trying mm -hmm. trying to condemn us mm -hmm. and get us to feel guilty and ashamed. So guilt, shame, those kind of feelings, mm -hmm. fear, um, having an unhealthy view of God. Yeah. So many mm -hmm. people I've counseled um, see God as fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, they because. Often we tend to project onto God relationships we've had with our father or other authority figures. <laughs> yes. And we've got to separate that. And forgiveness is key. And, and learn who God really is. That mm -hmm. song about him being so good touches my heart yeah. every time. Because his knowing his goodness is everything. The whole Reformation was all... Um, birthed because Martin Luther discovered the goodness of God. Did you know that? That's how it was birthed because he used to see God as this judge that was ready to just hogtie him and, and, and you know and beat him beat on him and so he would you know beat on himself and and then he discovered God's goodness and that is you know, the grace and the goodness. Two big watchwords of the Reformation. A whole Reformation was built on that. So that's so important that we really get to know God, who he is. So um, I, I used to have a lie that I believed for so long, and I still fight it sometimes. And that is, well, Kathy, you're wasting your time. Because I love it so much. I love to sit, you know, sit with God and take my time. And, and sometimes the enemy... Often, the enemy will tell me, you're just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. You should be doing, busy doing, doing, doing. Do you understand that's law and grace? Mm -hmm. The law will tell you you've never done enough. Mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. It's a bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. You will never do enough mm -hmm. if you are living by law. But mm -hmm. the tree of life, Jesus, is about being with him. Not the doing, but the being. And then all the doing comes out of the fruit of yes. the being. Amen. So when we Amen. get that mixed up, we're going to have trouble 
yeah. running to God and staying there and being still. Yeah. And I yeah. think the lies are, are another thing that blocks in talking about the lies. Whatever lie you're believing, Absolutely. whatever the lie the enemy is telling you yes. can be a blockage. What, no matter what it is, no matter how small it is, no matter how old it is, it can keep you from yeah. moving forward. And with that, this is when, when you have those lies or those temptations come, get the word of God and get yourself some scriptures to stand on. They really, you know, I used to, what do you mean standing on the word of God? What does that mean? Well, it means finding the word that says, like he says, take every thought captive, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of power of God and take every th thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Or I can do all things through Christ Jesus. The Lord has met every need. I have, he's my good shepherd, and I have no want for any good or beneficial thing. I have the mind of Christ, and I hold his thoughts, feelings, and purposes in my heart. Whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, everything that we go through right now is in the word of God, and he can answer every, it's, it's good, it's silly. Yeah. Every can be in the word of God, and, and, and we can find every answer that we need to every circumstance, every situation. Even if you're lonely, even if you're afraid, even if you think nobody loves you, God loves you, and you can find that in the word of God yeah. so find the word to stand yeah. on find some scriptures to stand on if you don't know how to do it ask somebody but there's the, you can just go on the computer what does the scripture say about being lonely yeah. what is the what is the yeah. bible verse about uh, a big right foot whatever it is you can find <laughs> it I'm through well, can, so can I so that's exactly the one lie that we often believe I think that you're talking about is expecting how God's going to show yes, up. Yes, that's one too. Yes. So so whatever your lie is, we pray for God to move whatever our circumstances, if we're lonely, whatever it may be, if we have a big right foot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever that was. I, yeah. But whatever. but yeah, but I think I had nothing's a, too I, small or big. That's for right, God. that's <laughs> right, that's right. And I had a friend once say to me, you know, God doesn't show up. Oh. And I said, but I'm here. Come on. And, and she said, you're not God. I said, he wants, how do you think he moves? Mm. He can move however he wants and he wants to move through his body. Yes. And so often the way I think of it is, so it's like good. you ask God to come over and you have sat in front of your door, your front door. And if he doesn't come through that door, he doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have windows, you have back doors, you have an upstairs, you have a downstairs, you have a chimney. Get your head on a swivel and be excited. He may already be in the house. Get your head on a swivel and be excited. But let him show up how he will show up. Because you are not God, he is. So you pray to him and he as God will say what will be done. You don't tell God how he's going to show up. Right. And while your head is swiveling, yes. you, you need to change direction in terms of how you see yourself too. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, identity, you've heard a lot recently about identity because God is really focusing on that. And um, we can only find and receive our identity from him. And so we, he, he gets to say who we are. He gets to say why we're here on earth at this time and what, what is written in our book of heaven. We've got to come to love ourselves the way he does. That is the greatest command, to love God and then to love yourself and your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest command, you guys. So that we've got to get to know who we really are. I see so much self-hatred out there. And those are lies from the accuser. 
So we've got to, and, and it's a filter that we've been seeing ourselves and God through. So we've got to deal with that. It's the elephant in the room in our lives. One of the ways that I've grown in identity, besides scripture, of course, which you're speaking that over your own life, but um, through encounter with God himself. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so um, the, the, the daily habit that I, I try to stick to is, is journaling. Um, I'm not just writing down my own thoughts. Yes. I'm not just writing down how I feel. I'm not just writing down my own prayer requests. I'm, I'm listening as I'm journaling. I'm, I'm literally writing down questions. Like, God, here's a problem in my life. What do you have to say about this? God, here's an emotion that I'm facing right now. What do you have to say about this? Um, God, I just want to give you space right now. What do you want to say to your son? And I will just journal with the Lord and write down what he's saying to me. And the identity of the Lord has been worked in me time and time again. He's like, this is not who you are. This is who you are. These habits is not, who, is not who you are. This is how I see you. This is what I'm calling to attention in your life, son. And I love you through it. Do you want to let go of that today? And, and there's this exchange in my, my journaling. Not everyone's a journaler. You can go for a prayer walk. You can have a different, different interactions like that. But that's been very helpful. A second way is through encounter um, in, the place, in, the, in the same place as vision. And what I mean by that is I will ask, Holy Spirit, will you show me Jesus? Or Holy Spirit, will you show me my Father? And I will wait, and it's like a, a, a clean slate, and I will see maybe in a, a unique setting, maybe in a, uh, a little bit of a fog, whatever it might be, and I can see Jesus walking up to me. He'll, he'll walk up to me, and he usually does something, and he says something to me. Every time every time and what he speaks over me and how he just holds me in my brokenness in moments and how he just speaks affirmation over me it, that's the place where identity starts Amen. to erupt within my heart it's like this is how he sees me this is this is what he's calling me to attention or the father if you're having issues with the father go to the father let him hold you like a child you know the kingdom of god you have to come to him like a child if you're having issues with a father go to aslan the lion go to, go to the lion nuzzle yeah, up yeah. like get get in a posture where you are engulfed with the love of the father in your life let him speak over you he sings over you habakkuk says this is the the love and affirmation of the father that we have to get in fact um i try um every night to go to sleep in, in an encounter so I will ask God, like, will you show me Jesus? Or Holy Spirit, will you show me yourself? Or God, will you show me my garden? And I will literally go into dreams or into sleep from that posture of a vision with Jesus. That, that's new for some of you, you know? Um, but this is maybe a, a practical thing to try, engaging with him and watch what he'll do as he speaks to you in your dreams as well. Okay, um, I want to end with this, this final, very practical. Um, what, what does your daily time with, we've talked about this a little bit, what does your daily time with God look like in connection, and what advice would you give to someone who doesn't know how to? I like variety. So, unlike Michelle who gets up at 5 a.m., <laughs> 
I, <clears throat> I did do that one time. Got up really early. It's not really my thing. <laughs> At one time. For a period of time. My parents are still night owls. They're up till like 2 a.m. Yes, so, you know. Um, so the way... I used to beat myself up about that. And then I heard Graham Cook once who said, you know what I do sometimes? I take just maybe a little, like a few words, one verse maybe. And I might chew on that for a month. And it just, just some of the things he was saying, the spirit came in to my lie that I was believing that I wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm. See, if you feel like you're not doing enough, then that's, you know, try to discern if that's conviction or if that is condemnation. Um, but I was feeling condemned and I, I just needed that breath of fresh air to realize that there are unique ways that God uh, speaks to me and unique ways that I interact with him. It's a relationship. And how I relate, like I have five grandkids, how I relate to Finn is very different from how I relate to Aria. You know, so it's just, God is like that. He, he takes into account our, our personality, whether we're fours, creatives, or whatever. And he knows we need lots of variety, and, and maybe you're ADD and you need, you need some things. So I will, like, I will listen to teachings while I'm in the shower, and while I'm doing my hair, and while I'm putting on makeup. It's like I want to use that time. And I used to drive to Charlotte back and forth in North Carolina, and I would, use, I would listen to teaching tapes. I also have lots of books. I love my books, and I learn from people who've gone before. You know, it doesn't matter, because I can still learn. If it's truth, I can glean it, and I can learn from it. So I do a lot of that. My studying becomes, I know you're not supposed to combine your study with quiet time, but I do. Because, because when I study, I go into God's presence and I interact with him and I let him do in me what he's wanting to do at that moment because the word will convict me or I'll, you have a question about this and I will enter in to him. So that's because I want my teaching to be alive and it's only alive if, if he whose life is being able to, you know, act in us. So I'm all day interacting with him. I'm praying, I'm praying in tongues, Sometimes I'm just in my thoughts. Even when I watch a movie, it might be a worldly movie, but I have a filter of Jesus that I'm watching it through. I was watching something last night about Kate Hepburn, and the whole time I'm thinking, I feel so sorry for her. (laughs) She was so famous, she was wealthy, she was all beautiful, but I felt so sorry for her because she, she, every, all of her reference points were worldly, Mm -hmm. which is gonna pass away and be burned in the fire. And I just thought, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of, I don't want fame and fortune and, you know, those things all pass away. What is really important? So that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking about things, mulling them over, talking to God, listening, that kind of stuff. Yes. And relationship, I think, is really what's important. Um, you know, it's like when you first meet somebody and you really like that person, you wanna spend all the time you can with that person, and so you do special things to be with that person, or you do certain things to let that person know that you're interested in them or you like them, and that's kind of how it, that's not kind of how it is. That is how it is with God. He's, he's always there and he's always wanting, always wanting relationship with us. So he wants us to seek him out. He wants us to, to, to find him. He wants us to spend time with him in the word, meditating, reading, studying, all those different things. Um, I listen to a lot of different people too. 
Um, I think I, you know, I have so much I can learn from other people. There's a saying that if, you, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to go to another room. And so that's how I feel with God, that, you know, there's always someone, somebody who can teach me, who God has put something in for a purpose that I can glean from and learn from. So I think it's an ever, a never-ending journey, a never-ending study. And um, the main thing is what's best for you, what you find works for you. But again, going back to intentionality, being intentional and in trying to find what works best for you, spending time with God, letting God romance you and you romance him. And, and he's the lover of your soul, the lifter of your head. You're his beloved. You're the apple of his eye. He's so affectionate towards you. He, yes, he is a dance partner. I love to go dancing with God. You know, and so, you know, all those things, and those are things in, in, an, in, a, in an earthly sense, in a natural sense. And the word says first natural, then spiritual. If you can imagine that relationship only so much holier, so much pure, so satisfied, you know, no arguments. Just someone who always knows your needs before you even have to express them. Someone who, who, who just, his whole intention is to see you whole and complete and satisfied, nothing missing. That's the relationship with God. So that's the love affair that you want to develop with the Lord is that where you are like in love with him as much as he's in love with you. Just really quick, I'll end with this. There's a movie that came out that's called 3,000 Years of Yearning. I don't know if you saw it or not. It's a fantasy movie. But there's a point in there where it's between two, the genie in the movie and the woman who he's, and he's telling her his loss for love and how he's yearned for, to be loved. And at some point, this woman looks at him after him telling her all the stories. And she says, my wish is to love you. And that you would, and, and my other wish is that you would love me back. And I think that's what God says to us. My wish is to love, that you would love me as much as I love you. So that when we are seeking that relationship, the word says, call upon him and he will answer. Seek me and you will find me. And so let's have a love affair with God. Let's, let's get in that position where we're like, my wish, my desire, Lord, is to love you like you love me. Yeah. Yeah. It was the question also like what tactics for people if they struggle? Yeah, so because everything they said, that's exactly what I I would just say it less eloquently. Um, <laughs> I you have to make him the reason you're mm -hmm. doing everything. Yeah, you know, and what helps me is every morning I have to get up. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to stop sleeping? I'm tired. <laughs> But I, love you. <laughs> I, I then go, okay, Lord, I help me. Will you get out of bed with me? Uh -huh. Well, can we, can, uh, let's go hang out. And then I do have, my, I'm a man of routines. And, um, and so I just do them with him. But I would say, uh, you know, and for me, like, write, I get to write. And so there's no time that I'm not trying to learn. And in learning, getting inspired and getting inspired and hearing him. And, but if you're struggling, if you're like, I don't know how to connect, I, don't, I had a friend once, uh, only once. <laughs> no. Me, I'm his friend. only friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend that I lived with in Kansas City, 
um, my other beloved city. And um, he was really struggling to connect with God on a Saturday. And he had nothing to do. And he was just bummed. And he told me, he's like, I just don't feel God. And I looked at him and I said, because he loves to play drums. I said, go play drums. Is that, do you, like, you love playing drums? And he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. he said, why? He said, just go do it with him. Mm-hmm. Go drum That's for good. him, drum yeah. with him. Just yeah. go do it. He made you to do that. Mm-hmm. So go so do good. it with him. Yeah, that's He good, went Josh. and he drummed. I could hear him banging away. <laughs> and I prayed for him and said, God, please show up so he doesn't come back and say it doesn't work. Because I don't, you know, <laughs> it's on you now, but it's, he's going to come back to me. <laughs> and he came back and he felt so connected with the Lord. That's so good. And he so loved good. a farm. So I said, we've got a backyard, you know. And he started a garden. Now he's a farmer who, I believe, drums. <laughs> you know, I was, I was singing. I used to be an opera singer. And so I was singing once at our house in North Carolina, out in the backyard. And all of a sudden, I heard God join me. And it's like, Kathy, I want to sing duets with you. I want to be your singing partner. And of course, I dance with him all the time, too. But it's the idea, like you said, that you make your everything about him. No matter what you're doing. I love in the movie Chariots of Fire. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I wasn't even a Christian when I saw it. But everything in me wanted to be like Eric Little. (laughs) Do you remember the part? where Eric's talking to his sister, who's got a legalistic spirit, she does, and, and he's bringing in grace, and he says, but God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. <laughs> right? Yeah. So what is the, is it drumming, is it singing, is it acting? What, where do you feel his pleasure? Yeah, yeah, he made you, he yeah. wants you to run yeah. in the thing that he's made you for. That's good, I just wanna end with this. Um, uh, I, found a, I found a nature trail yesterday, happened upon a nature trail, and it had a whole area with different sitting spots. And I was, I feel like the Lord dropped an idea. He's like, make this a prayer garden. And so I want to put a date on the calendar soon where we can actually practice this, meet up, and then divide through the garden, have our times of connection. Maybe I'll give a little worksheet if you want to follow that and just teach us, disciple us into a place of connecting with God in a literal prayer garden. Sounds fun, right? Let's go ahead and stand up. I would love for each of you guys just to pray a blessing, impartation over the house here. Father God, I pray that you would make this a house of obedience, a house that are lovers of God and not lovers of self. Yes, Lord. And I pray that they will remember how you have shown up, that this will be a house that remembers how you've shown up by what you did in the word time and time again to those who were faithless and yet you were faithful because you cannot deny yourself and that this will be a house that will call to remembrance the covenant that you entered into that you made with yourself on our behalf the sacrifice that you paid jesus to reconcile us and that we will be a house that remembers and calls to remembrance not only the word but also 
will do life with one another. And we will be able to say, I know what you're going through, brother. I know what you're going through, sister. But remember when God showed up in your life. I was there for that. And that that will mark this house. In Jesus' name. Father, I bless this house with grace, with true revelations of your grace. And that from that place of grace, that endless supply, they would drink of you and rest in you and let you do the works (laughs) as they learn to abide in you, in your love, in your presence, in your word. So, Father, I bless this house with, with making first things first, loving the Lord their God with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength, and loving their neighbor as themselves. I bless them in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you and I bless this house that they would abide with you, they would remain with you, and you would remain with them, Lord God. I thank you for enlightening the minds, Lord God. And I thank you for growth, Lord God. I thank you for a greater hunger and a deeper thirst for relationship with you, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, that as the hunger and thirst for you grows, you empower each person here today to go out and be disciples, to be lights in the midst of darkness, to be ignited with your power, Lord God. I bless each person here, Lord God, to seek your face early in the morning when it can be found, Lord God. I bless each person here that their ears would be open and they would hear your voice and know your voice and a stranger's voice that would not follow I bless this house Lord God that they would be your hands and your feet and carry your message into the world I bless this house Lord God that hearts that have been hardened will now be soft and supple and yield it to you Father God I bless this house Lord God that this house would be a beacon in the city of Los Angeles drawing many and others to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I feel like the Lord's just reminding us that even though we gather here and we hear from individuals up here once a week, but we're all called to be preachers yes. of the gospel. And so that comes as an overflow of our time with God, the unique ways that he's speaking and working in our lives. And as we go out to the places that God has called us, that we will be preachers of the kingdom of God yes. and see radically changed lives through the interactions that God is doing as an overflow from our hearts. So I bless you in the areas where you are called to be a preacher of the gospel and a bringer of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, touch and anoint every tongue, God. They don't have to be perfect in their presentation. Touch their tongues, God, with a holy flame and let your presence be, be felt, experienced, and realized through the interactions into the harvest field. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. Let's give God a big thank you. And can we thank these individuals this morning for being with us?